0: Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach.
1: Good morning, y'all, and uh, welcome to our weekly talk show, Taking Care of Business. While here in Calgary, we're kind of uh, getting ready for a snow attack or winter storm attack that will dump probably about 10, 15 centimeters of uh, snow, promising us a white uh, Christmas. My guest today is coming for, uh, to us from Sunny Bucerias, uh, just north of Puerto Vallarta in, Me- in Mexico. My um, guest this morning is Joel Goralski, founder, owner of Nicholas Group. Hola, señor Goralski, ¿cómo estás? Todo muy bien por aquí. ¿Y cómo estás? <laughs> wow, <Well, laughs> that's that it. Is that the extent I'm, of your I'm, Spanish gonna, or are you going to yeah, surprise exactly. me with more? <laughs> uh, no, that's it. Uh, probably I know a few more, uh, you know, important items like uh, cerveza and uh, por favor and uh, guacamole, but that's it. <laughs> um so, you know, you, you just heard about uh, what uh, we are expecting here in Calgary in terms of weather. What's the weather like in Bucerias?
2: Well, you know, uh, during the, the winter time, which starts uh, the beginning of December until the end of April, it's kind of like 14, 15 degrees in the morning and 26 degrees in the afternoon. So it's perfect. Tough life. And, and rarely rains. <laughs>
1: That's a tough life, yeah. Yeah. So uh, a little bit about Joel. Joel and the Nicholas Group uh, oversaw over 77 million in development around Calgary, including uh, a big mixed use residential and commercial development, winning them multiple awards. Um, my first question comes to you uh, that comes to mind in today, you know, we're end of December. Uh, what are you doing in Mexico? Are you on vacation? Uh, like, what's going on there?
2: Well, you know, like uh, f- just over four years ago, um, Jillian and I, who's my my wife, uh, we decided to take a, a one year break, uh, move to Mexico with uh, the kids, and just spend some more some more family time, getting to to know to know each other. You know, we just got through that uh, big recession in Calgary that started in two thousand nine. Uh, completed the Castle project and you know, sold uh, most of the units and hung on to some as a long-term investment. And we just thought, you know what? We we kept talking about it, and uh, every year we'd talk about it. So we said, you know, if we don't do it, we'll probably never do it. Uh, So we just, uh, you know, came here for a year, and then it turned into two, and then it turned into three, and then it turned into four, and now we're on our our fifth year. Uh, So, but we started some business here because it's, you know, it's in the blood. Um, So we recently completed a 10-unit, uh, Um, multi-family project here here called Maravilla and we're just launching them for sale this month Uh, and we also started BC Bucerias which you know was kind of like the uh, the light bulb aha moment for VeloGuy which is a a new global venture that uh, I became involved in uh, last summer.
1: I see. So, uh, you know, it started as you said, you started say, a one year kind of uh, vacation or, uh, you know, a family reunion. And then it ended up in five four going to five years of uh, being an entrepreneur again. Is that right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's like the, really the nothing's really changed other than the location in the office. So my office and, I, and the weather. I yeah, I, I you know, I can look at my pool and the palm trees and we're a block from the beach. I see. You know, that's so, that's the biggest thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um so we're
1: going to discuss more about uh, uh business in, in mm-hmm. kind of uh, later t- uh during our show, uh but uh, we want to start and and by kind of exploring where, you know, where it all started, where, where you kind of uh, came from, and um, first question I have to you, if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you were not born in Calgary. You came here just a few years before we came here. So where are you from?
2: Uh, so I was born and raised in Winnipeg, and uh, you know, technically speaking on a bit of the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> so I lived on Bann- Bannerman in Maine, which uh, you know is in the north end of the city, a bit of a tough hood. Uh, and then uh, later on, my family uh, moved us a little outside the city at a place called East St. Paul, which is um, you know, kind of like a little rural area. And uh, yeah, I grew up there, uh, went to school, uh, went to college. And then uh, after you know, graduating, made the move to uh, Calgary for more exciting things.
1: So, uh, growing up in in, in Winnipeg, uh, what kind of kid uh, were you? Were you already an entrepreneur? Is is it run? Does it run in your blood from a young age, or you were a regular kid doing sports, going to school, uh, maybe extracurricular? Uh,
2: no, I think the entrepreneurism was uh, always there, whether it was the first lemonade stand or uh, um, you know just coming up with creative ideas to you know just kind of make money on the side. You know, I had my first. You know job you know the typical paper paper route uh, you know I think when I was nine years old uh, and then uh, basically started working you know early in life and you know it was always in the back of my mind of starting my own business. it was just one of those things i I knew would eventually happen and I would you know lay awake at night and dream about
1: at what age. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as long as, so from the moment I started dreaming, right? So you know, it was, it was always there. There was always ideas, I know, always, the, always the creative notion of you know what could I do to, you know, to make, you know, to make a business and make some money out of something.
1: Um, I never asked you about your uh, family. So, uh, does entrepreneurship run in the family? Uh, parents? Any siblings? That kind of have that blood uh, that you mentioned that that insect in your blood of being an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, I think a little bit, you know, you know, my mother and uh, her husband, you know, they you know, kind of involve themselves in you know the odd little real estate project. But you know, they kind of buy a property, they or buy a house and renovate it, and you know, a couple of years later they'll they'll flip it. So you know, it's definitely a little bit in my mother's blood. Um, You know, my dad has had a job for, you know, for most of his life, but always kind of did some things on the side. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we came from, you know, very humble roots of uh, Ukrainian and Polish immigrants. And, you know, their family lived, you know, kind of a tough life to give them a better life. And, you know, people kind of did what they had to do to, you know, kind of like move things to the next, you know, the next level uh, for their family. And I think there's always that little bit of entrepreneurism in there. So uh, you you kind of
1: mentioned uh, that you were lying in bed or dreaming about, uh, you know, being a business owner. And you mentioned just now that uh, humble beginning uh, uh, immigrant family of uh, Polish and Russian roots or Ukrainian roots. Was this part of what kind of pushed you to be successful, to be kind of, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, to, to write the check and not get the check?
2: Yeah, you know, like you know, definitely like growing up in Winnipeg. I, as I said, we didn't live in the the fancy part of the city, so it was, uh, you know, it's kind of rough and tumble. You had to be a bit of a scrapper. And uh, you know, I remember being. You know, my grandmother told me she goes, you know, the first thing you have to do when you graduate is go to university. And I, I was a little bit cocky, and I took that first year off. And you know, I found myself. Uh, working for a battery place delivering batteries and you know that was the aha moment which i had to get myself out of that situation and uh, quickly enrolled in you know business administration the next uh, you know for the next year and then it was all kind of all all she wrote you know it was just a matter of not wanting to be you know i just had higher expectations for for myself and uh you know needed to find a way to get there
1: Mm -hmm. i Um, see so uh, in school, in high school, and, and uh, in those years of youth in in Winnipeg, uh, any kind of what will your friends, or high school buddies, will say about you if I ask them about Joel?
2: Well, you know, uh, I, there's not a lot of friends that I kept in touch with. Uh, you know, again, I think, especially during that time, it was. You know everybody was uh, a little bit more into the weed back then and uh, you know so you know most of the guys that probably I grew up with are, you know the, the you know've kind of moved on to other things and we've moved on to other things but you know I do keep in touch with with uh, with some and
1: that's another question know. the question is what will they say if I ask them about Joel <laughs> don't don't avoid the question yeah, yeah. <laughs> If I call them now and I say, what do you remember of Joel? What kind of a guy was he? What kind of a friend was he? What kind of a kid was he during high school years? What will they say?
2: Yeah, you know what? I was always there for, for friends and buddies. So, you know, whenever someone was in need of a hand, you know, I was know one of the guys that would be there. And, you know, there was a couple of us like that. So we kind of stuck together through, through thick and thin um, so back we, in the day.
1: You, you said that you uh, finished high school and you worked for a battery uh, uh, production or battery uh, company? Yeah, they, they distributed batteries. Batteries. And, and, I, delivered,
2: it, and I delivered them. <laughs> so this
1: hard work made you go back to school? Exactly. So which school did you attend and what did you take?
2: You know, I started off at a place called Red River Community College. They had uh, an amazing you know, business administration program that gave you credit towards university. And then once I finished there, I went uh, part time at the University of Winnipeg while I worked semi full time.
1: What what kind of work? Uh,
2: I worked for a company called Pure Later Courier, so just in their customer uh, administration. You know, so I worked uh, downtown uh, afternoons and evenings, and then I worked every Saturday, and I went to university uh, every morning. <coughs>
1: And, and did you complete your diploma with the University of Winnipeg?
2: Half a credit short, David. <laughs> you know, it's never late. <laughs> it's never good. I kept saying I was going to go back, but then uh, uh, once I left corporate life and we started Nicholas Group, it just, uh, you know, I, I got my my BA, my MBA, my PhD all, you know, all <laughs> the School of Life, to be
1: honest. I see. <laughs> um, uh, well, maybe I should talk with Jillian to push you to complete yeah. your diploma, so you can yeah. hang it uh, somewhere in the house.
2: <laughs> yeah, so she could just put it in a box. <laughs>
1: um, so what was so you kind of uh, decided to uh, leave university and uh, or part-time university and uh, pure later? And what's your first real job uh, when you decided enough is enough <laughs> yeah. and I have to go into the uh, business world?
2: Well, you know, like funny enough, it was with Purelater. I mean, I, I, I got a, a little promotion and took over their um, their accounting department uh, that was based in uh, in Calgary, or, or sorry, in Winnipeg at the time. Uh, and then after a year of doing that, uh, they hired me to you know downsize the or we called it right sizing back in those days uh, the administration for all of Western Canada. So that's what actually brought me to Calgary where I amalgamated a bunch of customer service centers into one, let's call it super center. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, years years later of kind of getting promoted up up the chain at PureLator and eventually, you know, running a, a sales territory, I, I took the elusive package and which allowed me to kind of pursue my, you know, my long-term dream of, of being in business for myself. I see. So how many years overall <coughs> did you work for PureLator? 13. Teen, I think, you know, and it's one of those hard things to leave because you know I was a very high income earner for the company, so it was it was always, you know, like six figures. You had your car, you had your expense account. Um, you know, I I had the ideas of doing other things, but you know, once you had that comfort, and I find this with a lot of entrepreneurs who want to become entrepreneurs who are stuck in that that corporate that corporate lifestyle. It's, it's definitely a hard thing to uh, to leave once you you get entrenched in it, but. Once Uh, I did, there was was no turning back.
1: After moving to Calgary, how many years did you stay with uh, Pure Later before you kind of uh, went on your own? I
2: think it
1: was. uh, More or less. I don't need to. Yeah, I think around six six years. Six years in Calgary. uh, And uh, during that time, kind of. uh, What year was it? I think
2: uh, two. Geez, man. Uh, It was about 1996.
1: So the city was still recovering from uh, previous recession and you saw opportunities in real estate?
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, bought, bought my first condo here, I think, the year after I moved. Yeah, in, uh, Edge, not Edgemont, Sandstone. Yeah. I see. Uh,
1: and uh, we are going <coughs> to... Have, Excuse me.
2: Uh, that's Okay.
1: Um, you know we have to take a commercial break right now, and um, we what I would like to our listeners to do uh, is uh, open kind of uh, a new tab, and especially if you plan a trip to Mexico in the near future, uh, you should open a new tab and check uh, the website www.bicibucerias. Mm-hmm. That's b i c i b u c e r i a s dot Check their tours, services, locations, and follow them on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We we will be back with our guest, Joel, on the other side of the commercials.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Yeah. Become our friend on Facebook Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America
0: You count Tune in into Revolutionary Radio And join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet Who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out Follow the movement Meet guests who are shaking things up Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice Large or small, your part counts So join us Co hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time,
3: 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency?
0: Tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's d i v i wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: We're back with our guest, uh, Joel Garoski, live from Bucerias uh, in Mexico. Uh, Joel, when did you decide um, to get into the real estate world?
2: Uh, you know what? It's actually back in Winnipeg. I bought my first uh, house when I was, uh, was 19. I got a loan from my grandfather and I put a down payment on it and, uh, and bought it. And, you know, kept it for, for years, lived there for a bit. And then when I moved to Calgary, I had kept it as a rental and uh, then flipped it, made a little bit of money, and that was it. You know, I just kind of started after that. Uh,
1: but when did you make it kind of a profession and became a realtor?
2: Uh, that would have been when I left Pure later, uh, so in around 1990. So, oh, Jesus, it was around 2001. Sorry, yeah.
1: And and that was just because you were successful with the flip, or you had someone that kind of a mentor, or kind of a consultant, or someone that you met that kind of drove you to make that decision, or helped you make the decision to move and and become a full time uh, real estate professional.
2: You know what I had? A, I had a, used to hang out with a guy uh, Craig back in Calgary. Since moved to Las Vegas, um, but was uh, friends with him. He was a pretty uh, prominent realtor in the city and. And he kind of convinced me to give it a go. So, you know, I was, uh, after I left here later, I you know, took some time to really figure out what I wanted to do and looked at a couple different ideas. And that's the one that uh, made the most sense to me. So went to went to realtor school and, you know, signed up at uh, Remax Classic at the time. And, you know, that was all, all she wrote. And I think I met you, you know, pretty soon thereafter uh, by <laughs> publishing some ads in the Calgary Herald.
1: So let me remind you, I think yeah. you're a little bit wrong with your uh, dates because we, yeah, uh, probably, and, yeah. I'll, yeah. and I'll share with our listeners how we met. Yeah. So in, in 1999, we were new immigrants to Canada yeah. and we had some money to invest. And I answered an ad in the in the local Calgary Herald uh, for residential rental property for sale. And when I answered the ad, you called me. Uh, You are the man behind the uh, Ed, and and you were already a a realtor in 1999. And um, you know, uh, thank
2: you, thank you for that, (laughs) David. Now I've got my timelines down (laughs) pat.
1: And I ended up uh, buying the property. And uh, however, a few months after uh, we bought the property, we found out that the property had major uh, plumbing, sewer, and other structural issues. And as a new immigrants at the time, we were kind of very disappointed and concerned. Um, and I called you, and I was ready for a battle uh, with you. Uh, you, but I have to share the the true story is that you listened to uh, my uh, you know frustration and all the issues, and you asked me for 48 hours to come up with a solution. Uh, 48 hours later, you called me, and your solution was very simple. You bought. You just said, "I'll buy it from you." for the same price you paid, and you can keep all the money you made so far from the rental uh, for you. Uh, Of course, it made uh, Zohar, my wife, and me very uh, happy with your proposal. Uh, We signed all the documents. We got our money back. Uh, The the important thing that we realized uh, is how responsible, accountable, and loyal you are to your investors and clients, and since then, we kept in touch all those years. Mm -hmm. Um, So um I want to ask you now about when we go into the business world um, you started as a realtor and then uh, if I remember correct you you bought you bought the uh, brokerage and became the broker on yes. so what made you kind of move into those uh, steps of you know growing slowly or rapidly uh, your involvement as, a, as an entrepreneur why uh, not stay, why not stay a realtor make an easy life why? Why buy the brokerage and deal with 100 brokers or, uh, or realtors and, and become VP of HR?
2: <laughs> that's a very good question because that's kind of exactly what uh, you know, it almost turned out to be. You know, it was, it was a vision, right? Like I saw some, some definitely some, some change in the air, some ability to maybe look at doing things uh, differently, you know, to build that brokerage. And, uh, you know, I want to give it a go, um, you know so you know bought a uh, remax classic which also included a couple other uh, locations one in okotoks and i think there was one in high river and you know just had a plan to you know build the numbers and you know did that for 3 years but in the end of the day it just uh, yeah it wasn't uh, it wasn't for me because it became more of a it felt more like it was back uh, you know, in my old corporate job, you know, in the HR department, exactly. So, ended up selling the business uh, back to some partners, and then focused on, you know, being a realtor again. And uh, that's when we really put Nicholas Group into into high gear. And that's exactly where I want what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be.
1: Yeah, I remember when you were the broker, and I wanted to sell. Uh, and I wanted to sell our house. Uh, you referred me to someone else because you're too busy running people than uh, than doing a realtor job. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, um, 2001, you start uh, the Nicholas Group. So, was that kind of a natural, uh, I would say, growth being already in the real estate game? Or construction and development was something that we were thinking for a long time since the first flip uh, that was successful.
2: Yeah, definitely we had uh, had an interest in, in real estate from, from, for many years. Uh, but then, you know, after getting involved in real estate in Calgary and kind of seeing some of the dynamics and the changes that were happening there, I mean, we, you know, when I say we, my wife and I, you know, definitely saw, you know, some opportunity. Uh, so, you know, Nicholas Group was uh, created, and actually it was Nicholas Holmes at that time, and then, because uh, we were focusing more on on infills in the inner, inner city, and it was uh, a few years later that we changed it to Nicholas Group, you know, as we got involved in, in some bigger, bigger multifamily projects. And um, when you started, uh,
1: when you bought uh, uh, Remax Classic, and later when you started uh, Nicholas <coughs> Holmes, um, was it just your uh, family i mean jillian and yours uh, funds or did you have any partners or investors how did you create that kind of uh, you know uh, success financially
2: yeah, you With know we always you uh, we always were able to find mostly investors were were family or close friends and uh, you know usually provide a little bit of seed capital you know, and then we'd find a property, and we would uh, go from there. And as we got bigger, we got involved in you know creating some limited partnerships and getting more, you know, sophisticated investors involved, so that we could do bigger, you know, bigger and better things. You know, so it just evolved, and to the point where you know our last larger project was Castle, um, you know, which was a beautiful project. It was you know multi award winning, but you know we built it at one of the toughest uh, times, and. In Calgary, in my, in my Calgary history, um, you know, and whereas a lot of other developers around us were, were going belly up or bankrupt, I mean, we managed to keep the lights on in that project, which is probably one of our most, uh, you know, proudest accomplishments that we actually got through it, as opposed to going under, you know.
1: So how did you uh, survive those tough days? Because two thousand and eight to yeah. two thousand and I would say eleven, or sorry, the end of O eight to uh, at least mid or end eleven were the toughest time in uh, residential. Uh, I would say real estate, not so much in commercial, but definitely in residential. And you were in. You just broke ground uh, as soon as that recession started. So how did you, the Nicholas Group, survive? How did you manage? Uh, to work through those tough times.
2: You know, it really came down to, well, one thing, we, we did have a decent enough amount of pre-sales, you know, in Castle. You know, in hindsight, we probably should have should have took more. Um, you know, hindsight's always 20-20. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it just came down to perseverance. Like, we just, you know, every day that we felt down, we just kept pushing forward. You know, something... Uh, you know, hit us we just look kept looking for a solution and you know we just kept doing that until we dug our way out and you know got the project sold and and, and wound up so and that was it you just you just never quit
1: and and you had investors uh, I guess in a pro- a big project like this investors partners uh, how did they kind of uh, act or, or respond to the uh, slower than anticipated uh I would say, development, sales, and money out?
2: Well, you know, like, I mean, I was an investor. We're all investors. Like, any time a project takes a while, and going through, you know, those tough times, <clears throat> there's some, you know, some people get antsy, but at the end of the day, everybody knew what was going on, right? So, you know, it wasn't a surprise. And, you know, most of the people that were involved in the project were invested with us in the past, and, and. uh you know, they saw us like working as hard as we could, like to just wrap the project up and get it, you know, get it sold for as much money as possible, and just protect as much of the capital as possible, and do what we had to do, and that's and that's it at the end of the day. So, you know, we're actually proud of what we were able to accomplish, um, you know, given all, you know, the negative constraints. But you know, I I have to it ask a, you, it was a great experience. Yeah. I have to ask
1: you a question because uh, before Cassell, uh, you mm-hmm. were known, the Nicholas Group was known to doing uh, uh, infills, uh, duplexes, fourplexes, maybe 12plexes <coughs> or 10plexes, mm-hmm. wood construction. And then all of a sudden, you decide to go big. Uh, nine stories, mixed use. You just mentioned the words in hindsight and hindsight 2020. Was that the right thing to do? Was it a mistake? As an entrepreneur looking back, should you stuck to what you know or what you knew or that was the right decision to, to go big?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think we just, we, we didn't get the, you know, the timing was off for not only us, but a lot of people in Calgary. Um, you know, in, in hindsight, we probably should have uh, done a couple small things differently, which could have made a, a little bit of a bigger deal. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, we were ready at that time to make that leap. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, that's just kind of in the blood where, where you, you just keep pushing yourself to that next level. Um, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, as my risk profile is a little bit lessened, you know, so I'm a little bit more happier with what we have and, uh, you know, looking at, you know, different opportunities, right? So, you know, kind of our real estate mind has changed. We're, we're getting involved a little more in smaller projects just because it, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the larger projects are just more work you know so the one thing I learned is you know I didn't have a lot of fun building Castle um, I'm very proud of it it was a, a good accomplishment but you know would I do it again um, no just for the amount of work uh, and the amount of time you know that it takes to do a project like that at the end of the day it uh, is not something I want to do again I'd rather e- do even you know, even
1: short- if I even if I promise you there will be no recession during the process
2: yeah, it's just, you know what, I've I've kind of moved on in my mind, right? So you know, I look at real estate more as a strategic holding right now. I like to do small boutique projects that, you know, we can kind of bang out in, you know, seven to 12 months. And uh, so it kind of keeps that creative real estate juice flowing. Uh, and I like to do things that I don't have to be involved in on a day-to-day basis, you know, that I can buoy, buoy more, be more the coach, the mentor, you know, the designer, the idea, and the creator. You know, but not the day-to-day manager. So those
1: are the projects that I like to do now. Joel, before we go mm-hmm. to the next uh, commercial break, and before we go to discuss uh, what you guys are doing today, uh, what your focus is with with Veloguide and BC <coughs> Pocerias, um mm-hmm. during the process of you know um, buying. First Remax uh, Classic, the uh, brokerage, and then starting Nicholas Group, and and Nicholas Holmes, and then moving to Nicholas Group. Did you, along this way, have kind of a set mission, vision, purpose? Did you have create business plans for everything, or it was just you know, this is what I want to do, let's go and do it
2: uh no it would it was kind of a mixture of both this is what i want to do i'd create a plan but i'm kind of a doer so as soon as i decide to do something i i go and do it uh i i, I don't think about it for a year or two if i'm I'm ready to roll i just i roll and get it done
1: yeah so there's still no business plan or omission <laughs> or mission no,
2: no, there's a business... No, I said it's a combination of both. okay. You know, so a business plan, a mission, and a vision, but I don't just sit and look at that business plan. It's like if I do the business plan and I'm sold on it, then I, I move forward. I get it done.
1: So so you take it yeah. from the paper or from the wall to action? Action,
2: yeah, <laughs> for
1: sure. Uh, I see. Um,
2: and uh, whereas, I, whereas, whereas, you know, I like, especially a lot of new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs are not quite ready to take that step you know they they've got the ideas they've got the plan but the plan just sits there gathering dust um you know you need to put that toe in the water and then you need to need to jump right in if you're going to do it you can't do it halfway
1: perfect um so uh as I told you, that's before we go to the break. So we reached our second commercial break. Um, I encourage our listeners to open a new tab and, and learn about Joel's latest venture, www.veloguide.com. That's V-E-L-O-Guide.com. Check out uh, George Hincapie. I hope I pronounce his name right because yeah. I'm not exactly a, a cyclist. Uh, So check uh, George Hinckley's video and follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well as Instagram and YouTube. And register to your next bike tour. We will meet you here on the other side of the commercials.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
4: Today's Hot Topics.
0: You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's divi Wallach at @gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: We're back uh, with our guest, uh, Joel Grosky, founder owner of the Nicholas Group, BC Buserias, and yes, now Velo, and, and Velo Guide. So, Joel, we discussed real estate, we discussed Winnipeg, we discussed everything, and then you uh, Julian, you and the kids make a move uh to Mexico. How did you decide on Bucerias, Kind of, how did you find that place? I didn't even know it exists.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the whole the whole story is we were planning. You know, as one of our goals as a family to do a, a one year life experience somewhere in the world. But you know, the fantasy was it was going to be in France or Spain or, or Italy. Those were the you know the top three. Um, and then once we made the decision to leave. Uh, That year, uh, we were we were still planning to do the Europe thing, but it looked it just became complicated to get the visas and all the approvals, and you know then we're kind of moving away in a whole different time zone, and you know eight-hour flight away, and we just thought it was just it was just too much. Um, So we looked uh, at Mexico because we've been coming to to Bucerias for for many years as a family for Christmas vacation. We already own some some real estate here, so we had a personal. A personal house and we we had a vacation a vacation rental property as well that we own with one of my other partners uh so it just made the most sense because it's a one hour difference in a time zone it's you know it's a four and a half hour flight to calgary we still have a lot of business interests in calgary so we want to keep you know a close eye on that and uh you know that's all all she wrote we Sold our personal house to one of our good friends. Who you know, the sale included all of our furniture. (laughs) They allowed us to, you know, keep all of our art on the walls, Uh, some of Zohar's as well, which we, funnily enough, just picked up um, uh, this summer. Uh, And then we uh, bought an RV and a trailer, and we, we each packed a suitcase and one tote, and we drove down here, and that was it. It Just uh, it just seemed like an easy thing to do, and I I mean I speak Spanish. you know, we knew the area well. I knew the culture. I knew there was opportunity to do uh, maybe a small cycling business here, which would help, you know, fill some of the vacancies in our vacation rentals uh, in the off season, and that was kind of my my business plan to you know have a part time job and 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 you know once we got here a year later it just mm-hmm. it just kept it just kept evolving and you know business kept growing and we just became entrenched yeah. You know? I see, so
1: um, how, what did it do for the family? I guess uh, you were um, probably the only or maybe uh, part of a few uh, people from Canada or from the U.S. living in Boussarius uh, four or five years ago. What did no, you know, do it's for uh,
2: it? It's been a trend, and there's more and more people, and funnily enough, from Calgary, Canada, a lot of Canadians in Bucerias, mm-hmm. um that just, you know, people are starting to look at their lifestyle and the lifestyle living in, you know, North, North America, um, you know, the costs, uh, you know, and all the time that you you actually have to put into, uh, creating a living and all the other things that you have to give up. And a lot of times that comes down to lifestyle and family and you're seeing more and more people making, making the transition, uh, coming to places like Mexico starting, you know, a business and, and, uh, and just living a, a completely different lifestyle. And it's funny, though, you know, as time goes on, you put effort into it, you you can actually earn a pretty good living here. But you work a little bit less and you enjoy life a little bit more. Oh, wow. You know? That's a good then, yeah, formula. <laughs> yeah, and the cost of living is about a third that of Calgary. So it's, uh, you know, your dollar really, really can get stretched here. Uh, see, so let's uh, share with us a little bit about your uh, current
1: businesses that uh, you run uh, th- from uh, your office in uh, Buserias. I-, I know about BC Buserias, uh, and then I found out about uh, I found out about a couple of months ago about a, a new venture you have. It's called Velo Can you share with us first about BC Buserias? What it's, yeah. what
2: is it all about? you know, BC Boost Rios, I mean, I, I got into cycling uh, 11 years ago. I love it. I'm passionate about it. It's, you know, what I really love doing when I wake up in the morning is just getting out on a nice long bike ride. Um, I started riding in Mexico uh, to kind of keep fit during the vacation time. And, you know, even though I came here for years, I I, I was kind of like still going to the same old places, uh, you know, driving down the same highways, which I would never ride my bike on. You know, But then once I took some time to explore a little bit, outside of my back door you know i found all these amazing routes uh, and rides that you know that can be done right from busseria so you know that light bulb went off and i said you know i i need to be able to share this with with other people and you know have people come down to mexico to do some cycling tourism because you know it's one of these countries that you just don't think about when you think about cycling tourism so that's Visa busserius was was started and then every year we would just get more and more clients uh, who would come down on week vacations. so they'd arrive on a Saturday, we'd pick them up at the airport, we'd put them up at one of our properties, you know, we would do their daily breakfast, uh, give them an intro dinner and a farewell dinner and five guided rides and and basically after a week of riding and spending time with us, you know, it was just very fulfilling to see, you know, how people enjoyed discovering, you know, the real Mexico on a bike. And as time went on, we'd get more and more inquiries and bookings online for you know people who were here for other reasons. So call it a wedding, call it a family vacation, call it business. They weren't here to ride, but when they found that they could, they were ecstatic. And that business, you know, was growing exponentially over the last couple of years, which then you know led to that aha moment, well, you know these clients are also telling us, why aren't you in other you know cities or countries? Because I travel lots, and it'd be great to hook up with a guide and a bike. You know, anytime I'm on the road, and you know that demand led to the idea of Bellow Guide. You know, so now we're in, we're in uh, I think 14. I have to ask where we're at today, but we're in 14 countries and five continents, and I think we we've, uh, we've surpassed 70 cities uh, at this time. So, uh, so uh,
1: how long are the rides in in in, in, Bus- in Sorry, how long are the rides in Buserias, The daily rides?
2: Uh, they they vary. So we have everything from intro rides that are ninety minutes to big burly mountain rides, uh, where we go up into the Sierra Madre, where we'll be gone for, you know, three quarters of a day, six or seven hour ride, you know, one hundred and fifty kilometers with, you know, twenty five hundred meters of elevation gain. So we have we have it all. You know, simple flat rides to like big rides that basically are comparable to anything that I've done in Europe.
1: I'll take the 90 minutes flat.
2: There you go. And we have a, a, an amazing food tour, which is, funny and old enough, one of our most popular uh, rides, which we do two or three times a week. And it's uh, 11 kilometers long, and we do five food stops along the way. And it's a three-and-a-half-hour uh, adventure you know, through the uh, streets and uh, outskirts of Bucerias.
1: That, that sounds like my trip. Yes. If it includes food and drinks, sure. yeah, that is, sounds like my trip. So um, you started this as a hobby uh, four years ago or four and a half years ago, and then it became a business. Is it different doing business in Mexico than in Canada, what you used to here in Canada? Or do you see kind of uh, the same, I would say, way of doing business?
2: Uh, You know, it's a little more bureaucratic in ways, but you can kind of push through the bureaucracy pretty quick. Um, No, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, we have our temporary residency and a permission to work. We get a tax number and, you know, we, yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward, you know. You, You do your tax return here, though, every two months as a business owner as opposed to once a year. And uh, that's basically it in a nutshell, it's straightforward and they're very encouraging to uh, foreigners who want to come in and you know, set up shop here, so they do make it pretty easy to get, get settled and started and uh, start your own business.
1: I see. And uh, how many uh, guides do you have or do you do all the rides?
2: Uh, I used to do all the rides but now uh, we have several Velo guides are on the Velo guide platform and when we need uh, additional guides to help us out we just book them through Velo guide or our customers are booking the other guides uh, through VeloGuide.com, and I have what's called the velo guide hub you know so anytime a guide in the area takes a person out on a ride um, my shop gets the uh, the bike rental booking so it's kind of a combined effort
1: mm-hmm so mm-hmm. so, let's uh, talk a little bit more about Veloguide because this uh, you you mentioned your five continents and and what is it seventy cities you mentioned?
2: Yeah, we're over seventy cities now. So how does how does Veloguide work? So essentially what Veloguide does in a nutshell. It takes the it matches up a traveling cyclist uh, with a local cyclist and a bike. Uh, so if you're going to Alicante, Spain, for example, you could click on Spain. Uh, you put in Alicante and then you can uh, pull up uh, the 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 guides in the area and you look at the type of guide you look at the type of ride you want to do and you click on the guide and book him or her just almost like how you would book an Airbnb you can book yourself a guide and a bike and uh, you know that's the simplest way to 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 explain it and uh, you know, then the next day, if you're flying to Italy and you're going to Rome, you can put in Rome and you can find the guides in Rome. Pick the one that you want, the day that you want, and uh, and book the ride and the bike, all with one click. So today you
1: have, um, what, two, three, four companies active?
2: Yeah, the, well, my focus right now is, I'm full-time in VeloGuide as their CEO. Um, I still work for BC Bucerius. Uh, but I work, uh, I'm working more as a guide, you know, for the company, you know, so I still do four guided rides a week because you know, I love, uh, love riding. I love to meet customers and, and I'm, I'm kind of one of those front of the line salespeople who, you know, is selling the whole VeloGuide vision to all the customers that are coming through Boosteria. So I think that's super important. Uh, but the primary focus right now is, uh, is VeloGuide and, and uh, you know, that's, that's my big project.
1: What happened to the Nicholas Group?
2: Yeah, Nicholas Group's still there. We have uh, we have a bunch of real estate holdings, so it's more passive income, so very easy to manage. Uh, we're going to be doing one more project in the northwest of Calgary this spring, but I have a, a working partner in in Calgary who's going to be managing that, and I brought in a a partner investor who I'm you know good friends with, and who's uh, got an engineering background, and he's going to be doing more of the you know, the high-level oversight. Uh, so, again, it's something I can be involved in, but, you know, a little bit more minimum for my time.
1: How many so stories? We, how many stories uh, this complex? <laughs> no,
2: there's no, no stories. <laughs> uh, you, know, I'm, uh, you know, we've been kind of a bit on this, you know, whole idea of more smaller living for people. So what it is, it's a very unique project in the Northwest. It's, uh, it's seven townhomes, uh, each with their own individual self-contained basement suite. You know, so 14 units, but you know, an investor's dream because you essentially have a you know a standard two-bedroom, two-bath townhome up, uh, but then you also have that additional rental income of a one-bedroom uh, down. But again, fully contained. So there, you know, you have one one titled unit, but two uh, separate units in one building. So it's neat. It's under the new zoning uh, bylaw, the RCG that the city of Calgary came out with uh, a few years ago. I see. Um, so,
1: let's go, or you go one by one mm-hmm. and tell me where do you see VeloGuide, BC Bossarias and Nicholas uh, Group in the next three years?
2: Well, Nicholas Group, we've decided that you know, our last uh, project in Calgary is uh, and the next foreseeable future is going to be the one in the Northwest. Uh, then it's a matter of just holding on to, you know, the the real estate assets that we have and managing them. It's good passive income. You know, I think Calgary is in store for for a recovery. Um, so that's inevitable. It's just a matter of when. You know, so we've been hanging on to a bunch of really good real estate. So it's just a matter of time. So we're just going to continue to do that. Uh, you know, so think about it as just, you know, holding Onto your RSPs and your mutual funds. That's what we're doing with with real estate in Calgary, and that's where Nicholas Group is evolving. Uh, BC Boosterius is a fun project. It's always going to be here. It's always going to grow, um, but it you know it almost runs itself. And uh, you know, being a part of the entire Bello guide Nation, that's that's what's feeding you know the Boosterius uh, hub and and the business. You know, so you know, really 99% of my focus right now is is on growing okay. Bello guide as a truly global company in force, you know, we want to disrupt, you know, you talk about all these technology companies that are coming in, disrupting things. You have Uber, you know, shattered the traditional, you know, taxi market. Um, You had Airbnb came in and, you know, shattered the traditional, you know, hotel industry. You know, we want to eventually come in and really shake up, you know, cycling tourism uh, in a way where, you know, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. You know, cycling tourism alone, and you know, I think we're just we're just scratching the surface. You know, we're yeah. just dipping our toes, and there's so much you know opportunity to do some unique and interesting things. Uh, so that is the focus over the next five years: is build this into a like a serious company.
1: So uh, we have about a minute left. So in the next thirty seconds, two questions: Where do you see Joel and Jillian living in three years? And what have you learned about yourself in this long journey uh, and uh, through ups and downs?
2: Yeah, I think we're going to be based in Mexico. We, you know, we (laughs) like it here. We like it here. I mean, we're always going to have Calgary as you know our summer. It's our summer vacation place now. You know, but Bussieres is, is home. Uh, we're building our administration center for Bello Guide out of Bussieres right now. You know, so there's some interesting opportunities there, and I think the tech and everything will be remain in, in Canada and Alberta. Um, you know, the thing that we I learned about myself mostly is, uh, you know, it, it's nice to sit back and smell the roses, uh, but I also like to work. You know, work hard, and I am like I just can't. I can't hang out at the beach and, and do nothing I have to be involved in in, in a business and uh, I'm looking forward to working the next you know five years on uh, on VeloGuide and turn this into a serious international player so we reach the end of uh, today's episode of
1: taking care of uh, business I would like to thank Senor uh, Joel Goraski gracias uh, owner and founder of Nicholas Group BC Buserias and VeloGuide Um, Our next meeting will take place the day after Christmas on December 26th. I would like to wish all our listeners around the globe celebrating Christmas a Merry Christmas filled with happiness and love. Uh, Thank you to all our listeners for being with us. And I have one personal uh, thing to mention today. Today, our son, Itai is his birthday, 30 years old. Congratulations. Happy birthday, Itai! And my friend Riaz Mamdani his that's his first uh, birthday today. So congratulations to both and happy birthday. I would love to hear your feedback. Dvwallach at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll meet you here, voiceamerica.com/slash variety, next Tuesday, December 26 ten a.m. Eastern, seven a.m. Pacific. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you and see you next week. <laughs>